The EPL show on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter the code SGP to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, college football, MLB and the NFL all back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter the code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, don't forget to sign up for the free roll football contest. We're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. I'm used to overcoming the odds. But this year has no equal. Uncertainty still surrounds us. You can rely on me to take on new challenges, new opponents, and new rivalries. I will be made by those decisions. And those decisions. My fate determined by inches. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast and for the last time simulcasting on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. You can follow me on Twitter at SGP EPL where you're going to need to be for all of your soccer free plays this season. But of course, all roads lead to my website, lockbetting.com, where we are just coming off a month where we made £3,064 profit for the month of August. Back in July, we made £7,555. That's because all of the futures from the previous season cashed in July this year instead of May. And you are listening to your EPL Futures show now. Don't forget to enter the fantasy.premierleague.com competition and enter the SGP Mini League. We've just put out a fantasy show that you can go back and listen to and all the information to enter is on that. Or alternatively, you can DM me on my Twitter that I just gave you out at SGP EPL.
So, as I said, you are listening to your EPL Future Show here for the 2021-22 season. And we're going to start off by looking at some of the contenders to win this year's EPL title. We begin with the current champions, Liverpool. But surprisingly, Liverpool has been installed as the second favourites to retain the Premier League. Last season, they won the title easily, coming into the post-lockdown period only needing two more wins. However, they did not look convincing post-lockdown, and that has raised some questions about Liverpool. Alex Ferguson always said, buy when you're on top, and this is something that Liverpool have failed to do in the summer. They will still rely on the heavy metal football with the likes of Alexander-Arnold and Robertson pressing high up the pitch, and goals from the likes of Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. However, However, they have failed to buy a striker who scores more goals than Firmino and the much-needed creative midfield player. Manchester City are the favourites to win the Premier League this season and they are the 4-6 to favourites to get their trophy back. They have strengthened at the back and bought a much-needed centre-back. They've gone for Premier League experience, purchasing Nathan Ake from Bournemouth. But it remains questionable as to whether Nathan Ake is going to resolve their defensive problems. Manchester City will always be full of goals with the likes of Sergio Aguero, Riyad Mahrez, Raheem Sterling and possibly the best playmaker in the world in Kevin De Bruyne. However, it's their defence which remains questionable and that will be the deciding factor as to whether they win the title back or not. Your third favourites to win the Premier League this season are Chelsea who are priced out at 12-1. to Chelsea have done phenomenal business in this transfer window and have undoubtedly been the most active team. Although they have lost Willian to Arsenal, they have added a whole plethora of world-class players. They have tatted Timo Werner from RB Leipzig. They have added Kai Havertz for £79 million from Bayer Leverkusen. Zayak was already signed from Ajax and they've strengthened up at the back by adding Thiago Silva. They also fulfilled their long pursuit of Ben Chilwell, the left back from Leicester. And this makes them one of the most complete squads in the entire Premier League. However, there will still be questions over whether these players can embed in early enough for Chelsea to be serious challengers. If they hit the ground running, Chelsea look seriously big, currently available at 12 to 1. And finally, we look at the four favourites to win this season's Premier League, Manchester United. Manchester United are priced up at a massive 14 to 1, considering they have one of the strongest first 11s of the Premier League. Everybody knows what Man United's back four is going to be. Everybody knows the midfield and everybody knows that they are going to go with Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial up front. However, it's the squad that possesses a problem. Manchester United haven't done good business in this transfer window. And without the addition of replacement players that can give this first 11 a break, they aren't going to be challengers for this league. Van der Beek is a solid signing in midfield. The Dutch international fits in perfectly to the Manchester United mould. However, they do need to secure the signing of Jadon Sancho and need to be looking at defensive options if they want to have any chance of challenging for this league. If they don't add the players, it may even be a concern that they can be caught up by other teams with Tottenham and Arsenal likely to be not far behind Manchester United if they can't add any players. For me, these four are going to hold out as the top four and Chelsea are the most interesting team to watch because as I said, if they hit the ground running, 
and with the question marks hanging over Liverpool and Manchester City, Manchester City's defence, Liverpool's ability to break teams down when they don't fall victim to the press makes Chelsea a viable bet here at 12-1. to So there is the analysis of your top four. Tottenham and Arsenal fans will argue that they should have been in that little piece of audio. I completely disagree. There is absolutely no chance that Tottenham and Arsenal are going to challenge for the Premier League this season. However, they are worth looking at when it comes to the top four markets because, as I said, there's plenty of things that can happen with Manchester United. As a Manchester United supporter, they are the ones that I would worry about here dropping out of the top four. Liverpool, I think, are going to have a drop-off, but it's not going to be significant enough for them to drop out of the top four. Manchester City are going to continue to have defensive problems. Here's one prediction which you can take to the bank. There ain't going to be any team that gets over 95 points this season. That whole 90 to 95 point error, I think, is dead. I think a lot of teams were in transition. I think that Liverpool developed a brand of football that the Premier League teams found it very difficult to play against and now I think that they have been a little bit figured out. I think Manchester City were figured out some time ago which is why Mikel Arteta was able to implement a tactic to knock them out of the FA Cup and the FA Cup semi-finals. So these two top teams who have monopolised and dominated this league for the last few seasons they have been a little bit more worked out. Does that mean that everybody knows how to play against them and they're going to be able to stop them from doing what they do? No, it isn't. But in some weeks, Manchester City and Liverpool are going to struggle. Liverpool aren't going to be unbeaten as we go into the Christmas period. There's not going to be any talk about whether they can finish the season unbeaten. Man City are going to get beat before Christmas. Liverpool are going to get beat before Christmas. Chelsea are going to get beat before Christmas. Man United is going to be, get beat before Christmas. Everybody is going to get beat. Nobody is going to get past 90 points. Points. Things are going to tighten up and it'll be interesting for me, as I said, I reiterate, if Chelsea's players hit the game running, they have to be serious contenders and they are very overpriced at 12 to 1. For Manchester United, they have a solid 11 and if they add players, they too can make a challenge for this league and then we don't need to worry about Tottenham and Arsenal catching up, for, catching up with them. But at the moment, it is well worth looking at that top four market because... Tottenham and Arsenal have a chance, especially with Arsenal stabilising this defence. And that was key, which is what helped them win the FA Cup. And Tottenham looked much better after the lockdown period with people in the Tottenham team buying into the Mourinho tactics in terms of sitting back and hitting teams on the counter-attack. They absolutely destroyed a decent Leicester team doing that. And if, when you destroy a Leicester team using Mourinho's tactics like that and you end up moving up the table and securing a UEFA League, sorry, Europa League spot from where you were, then you have to start buying into the Mourinho way. And I think if you watch the documentary on Amazon Prime about Tottenham, you can see that they are sort of buying into what Mourinho says. The players are into Mourinho. They do believe in Mourinho. Of course, the documentary will be swayed. It's going to come across like that. But I think this was a better documentary than the one they did about Manchester City because you did have confrontations. You had uh, Vertonghen and Kane discussing the departure of Pochettino and how they were disappointed by it. Um, you had a very frank conversation between Mourinho and Deli Alli, a confrontation between Mourinho and Danny Rose. So this is a far more wide open documentary. So you can see that Tottenham are buying into what Mourinho does. Is it the Tottenham way of Pochettino? Is it going to be as beautiful and as attack-minded and as nice to watch as it was before? No. 
but it's a tried and tested method that, that gets results, which is why it surprises me in this top four race, why we see Tottenham below Arsenal. Because despite the fact that Arsenal did win a trophy last season, Tottenham are still a significantly better team than Arsenal. Who has the best player out of those two teams? Tottenham fans will say Harry Kane. Arsenal fans will say Aubameyang. And I would agree with the Arsenal fans. Aubameyang is one of the best players in this league. Aubameyang, if you listen to my fantasy podcast, was the first player down on my team sheet because he's been moved into this midfield position with this crazy change that Fantasy Premier League have made where all of a sudden wingers have been classed as wide midfield players. Aubameyang is the first team name down, first name down on the team sheet. So I'm not still understanding, though, why Arsenal, on the basis of that, are ahead of him. Because all of the rest of Tottenham's players, when you look at any kind of combined eleven, should come ahead of Arsenal. Looking at this market, Manchester City are at one to thirty-three, Liverpool one to sixteen, Chelsea are at one to two. It's eight to fifteen on Manchester United, nine to four Arsenal, and ten to three on Tottenham. I think when you're looking at this as a top five, and there is a top five market available, I would be leaning towards Tottenham getting that fifth place. But I don't like any other play here in this top four market because my top four has been clearly earmarked by the audio I did. I think if you're looking for a solid lock here, Chelsea at one to two. Yeah, it's chalky, but when you add all of those players, you cannot finish outside of the top four. I think if they did, despite the fact he's a Chelsea darling and a legendary Chelsea player who's won titles with them and is a club legend, Lampard will get sacked. If Chelsea spend all of this money and have all of the world-class players that they have to mount a title charge, Frank Lampard will get sacked if he doesn't get into the top four because they haven't bought for the future. Yes, when some players they have in terms of Zayek and Kai Havertz, but you don't buy Thiago Silva in to secure yourself Champions League football for the following season. Don't get me wrong, despite the fact that nobody seems to be saying it, these are signings that have been bought to challenge. Roman Abramovich wants the challenge for the Premier League title this season. Make no mistake about that at all. And that's why you're getting signings like Thiago Silva being bought into the team to steady up this defence because defence was Chelsea's biggest problem unquestionably last season. And do they need more at the back? They probably need one more at the back because partnering alongside Thiago Silva, you have players that did make mistakes and look ropey towards the end of the season. You have your options of Zuma and you have your option of Antonio Rudiger. Rudiger, I think, is the best of the bunch. I think on his day, he can be world-class, but I think in the post-lockdown period, we didn't see a world-class defender there. But if it all comes together for Chelsea... They're certainly going to finish in this top four and they will challenge for this league and make no mistake about it. This isn't, these are not buys to solidify. These are buys to challenge for the title this season. As we move on to the Premier League top six finish, there isn't a top five market. There is a top five market in some books, but I don't want to run into a situation here where I make where I run down the top five and it's so specific that not one book is carrying it. Top four and top six is carried everywhere because these are the regular European positions. Obviously, that gets extended at times when teams within the top six win the cup competitions that also offer European places. So if you have a team inside the top four, that go on and win the Carabao Cup and you have a team within within the top four that win the FA Cup, then obviously this gets extended to places seventh and eighth. But 
Originally, we all cover the top six, and these are markets that are available. Man City 1 to 500, Liverpool 1 to 100, Chelsea 1 to 8, Manchester United 1 to 7, Arsenal at 4 to 7 again, obviously ahead of Tottenham in this market because the books have Arsenal as the stronger team, and Tottenham are available at 4 to 5. That for me is the value bet here of this podcast. This Tottenham team. If they finish outside of the top six, that'll be a disaster. And when you look at how shit they started last season and Mourinho came in and still got them into that top six position, I don't understand how they can possibly finish outside of those positions, especially when you look at the poor start. And then you look at a period before the lockdown period where everything fell apart with the injuries that Tottenham had to Son and Kane. They dropped a ton of points there and they still managed to recuperate. I'm expecting a, a weaker effort here from Leicester this season. I'm not expecting Wolves to be as strong just based on the on the signings and the and the outgoings that they've had. Whereas when you look at a team like Everton, they are significantly strengthening up and they could possibly be the team that break into the top six. But I don't think so. If you're giving me Tottenham at four to five to finish above a Leicester team that have sold players, a Wolves team that haven't strengthened and Everton who have notoriously underachieved in the Premier League, then I am certainly going to go for Tottenham. We next up transition from there onto this market where we look at the Premier League without the big six. Wolves are the favourite here at 9-4. to four. Leicester are available at 11-4. to four. You'd think Leicester would be the favourites after what they did last season, but that poor finish has made Wolves the favourites. And Everton here are available at 5-1, to one, with Southampton at 10-1 to one, and Leeds getting a lot of respect here at 14-1. to one. For me, with the signings that they've made and the manager that they've got, Everton have to end up winning this market and they represent some big value here at five to one. James Rodriguez is in the team, but already they had a host of quality players. We haven't seen the best of Mina. I think we've seen the best of Dinya in patches, but that is a solid top four player and Everton have him as their left back. They have the England goalkeeper, Jordan Pickford, although that's certainly not a goalkeeper that I rate. And Richarlison, can be world-class on his day. And I feel that if Everton don't make any progress this season, they're going to find it difficult to hold on to players like Sigerson, Richarlison, Mina and Luca Dinia. So I think this has to be a season of progression for Everton. And I really like Everton to win the league without the big six at five to one. Remember, we cashed this bet last year. We took Leicester at seven to two when I picked them as being the team out of that bunch that would finish the highest. And here, I think it's time to transition over to Everton. I think they're two reliant Leicester on, on Jamie Vardy. I think James Madison's had a drop-off. I think the fact that you've sold Chilwell makes a big difference as well. Obviously, there's still going to be solid players there, but this is a squad game. And we talked earlier about Manchester United needing to strengthen their squad. Leicester have had outgoings and the replacements coming in haven't improved this team whatsoever. So I'm expecting big digression from Leicester and they could finish below both Wolves and Everton here and maybe just cling on to a top half place. And that's going to be a major disappointment, I think, for the, the Leicester board and the Leicester supporters. And that's got to put some pressure on Brendan Rodgers. The narrative that was put out when Leicester completely blew their opportunity to get into the Champions League was it was a complete bonus to be in this position in the first place. And we've achieved our target of European football. 
But Leicester dropped some seriously bad and concerning points post-lockdown. They threw this away. They had some nil-nil draws. They failed to score goals. Then they capitulated against Bournemouth. This team threw away their opportunity at Champions League football. It wasn't about the final day of the season, the result against Manchester United. In When you're looking at the form that Man United were in, that was almost an acceptable result. All of the damage was done prior to that. The damage was done when you looked at how poor Leicester have been throughout 2020. And if they carry that form through, they're going to struggle to finish in the top half. And that is going to put pressure on Brenda's Rodgers. And despite the fact that the narrative favoured him last time and there was positive comments coming out from the players and the board supported the fact that, yes, their target was was European football, which they achieved. I don't think that he's going to survive in this job if Leicester continue on in the form that they were when the season finished. Because that, was an unacceptable capitulation from this Leicester team to not finish in the Champions League position from where they were, where they were the closest challengers to Liverpool at Christmas, unbelievably. That is an epic, epic meltdown by Leicester. No doubt about it. Before we move on to these other futures markets, let me take a second out here to talk about mybookie.ag. For those of you guys who are with Five Dimes, you probably know by now that you need to withdraw your funds because Five Dimes are basically going out of business. And I know a lot of you bet with them and there is no better time to move over to mybookie because you are going to get that 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's mybookie.ag promo code SGP to play and get paid with your new bookie. If you're going from five dimes and you're looking for somewhere else to play, head over to mybookie.ag. There is no better time to join up. And of course, as I mentioned, you get that 100% deposit bonus. Also, let me give a shout out here to DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use our promo code SGP for a limited time. Users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. That's week one of the NFL, of course, and week one of the EPL season. Enter the code SGP to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. Let me also take a second out here to talk about BetQL because that's where you need to go if you want to get an advantage over the sportsbooks when it comes to the NBA, NHL, college football, and MLB. Everything is now back in action. Head over to betql.co and enter our code SGP20 and you will get 20% off your first subscription. And finally, let me give a shout out here to Ace Per Head. If you ever thought about starting your own sportsbook but don't know how, Ace is here to help you start that sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace offers a live betting experience and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today. Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. So we're going to transition from where we were talking about Leicester and potentially not being able to finish in the top half or just clinging on to the top half. And we are going to look at the top half market. It begins with Chelsea are at 1 to 66, Man United 1 to 66, Arsenal 1 to 12, Tottenham 1 to 8. Uh, Wolves are at 1 to 3, Leicester are at 4 to 11. 
Everton are at four to six. Southampton five to four. Leeds seven to four. Sheffield United five to ten. West Ham five to ten. And Brighton at one hundred to thirty. Bar the rest, it's all bigger than five to one. Everton here are the standout for me. Um, I like this bet on Everton. As you know, I've already picked Everton out as my team to potentially occupy seven place this season. I think the top six is going to be the top six. I think Tottenham are going to finish in fifth place just outside of the top four. I think the top four are going to remain the same. That leaves Arsenal in sixth. But I think Everton could challenge that top six and secure seventh place, finishing above Wolves and Leicester. And I'm absolutely certain that this team are going to finish in the top half this season. More certain than I am about Leicester as I just spoke about. Wolves, of course, I think they will finish inside the top half as well. I think they're too good to not, but there's no value in Wolves at one to three. There is value on Everton here at four to six minus 150. And I would certainly be taking that as a pretty big play because I think obviously if Everton, Everton don't finish inside the top half or at least make some kind of respectable challenge for the top six, then Carlo Ancelotti is a big wage that you all want to cut. He's a big name manager, but if he can't get it done, he won't keep his job. Yes, this is a team that massively underachieved, but for once, I can't remember a time where Everton have had so many world-class players and so many ingredients to actually make this work. Yes, there's still some dead weight there that they want to get rid of, but they're still being linked to more and more players. I would say that looking at this transfer window so far, I would put Everton second behind Chelsea because nobody can compete with what Chelsea have done. So it's been a good window and now it's really up to Ancelotti to get the most out of these pieces that he's added He needs to remove this stigma that Everton are a sleeping giant and a massively, massively underachieving club. I actually went on to a a podcast recently, Keep It 100, with uh, Conan, Disco Inferno and Mark Madden and spoke about these sleeping giants. And maybe Americans won't be aware of the fact that Everton are a sleeping giant. Leeds United are a sleeping giant. Newcastle United are a sleeping giant. Aston Villa are a sleeping giant. These teams have massive support bases. They are in huge cities from England. They have massive financial support. These should be teams that regularly finish in the top half and should be challenging for the top four when you look at the supporters they have and the money that they could potentially have within the club. So, It's interesting to people when I talk about this because everybody that lives in England knows that these are massive clubs that are massively underachieving and Everton are a big one and um, I think at the very, very least they have to finish in the top half this season. So I really like that Everton to finish in the top half here at four to six. Another bet that I like that I'm going to gloss over here in England, you can bet on the top clubs for each reason. There's top Northern club, top Southern club, top Midlands club. The Southern clubs consist of the clubs from mainly London. You have Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Southampton, West Ham, Brighton, Crystal Palace and Fulham. The top of this market is Chelsea, eight to thirteen, to be the top Southern club. It's ten to three on Arsenal, nine to two on Tottenham, thirty-three to one Southampton, fifty to one West Ham. For me, again, this is free money because Chelsea are the only team within this group that are going to finish in the top four. I think it's going to be very, very interesting who finishes. Uh, highest uh, between um, between Arsenal and Tottenham. According to the books, it's going to be Arsenal. According to me, I think it's going to be Tottenham. So that'll be a very interesting one. But in this market in particular, there's huge value on Chelsea at 8-13 to be the top Southern club this season. And I like that even better than the bet on Chelsea to finish in the top four. 
because the only way that the only difference between the two bets are the top four bet is just for Chelsea to finish in the top four to lose this bet at a better price of eight to 13 you'd need Chelsea to finish in the top four but Arsenal or Tottenham to finish above Chelsea within that top four so you would need Arsenal and Tottenham to occupy first second or third place in the table that is not happening so the value lies on Chelsea to be the top Southern club, the eight to thirteen. But if you can't find that, I still like Chelsea to finish in the top four at one to two minus two hundred. Couple more markets to look at here before we close out this show. We'll look at the top scorer markets because that's always a fun one to look at, and that relates to the fantasy football as well. Remember, you can enter the SGP Mini League by going to fantasy.premierleague.com. And after you've done that and entered your team, DM me on Twitter at SGPEPL. I will give you the mini league link or the code and I will give you the PayPal details to enter as well. It's $50 for the season. All of that money will go towards the prize fund with the top five getting paid. And you will be added to the WhatsApp group with like-minded soccer fans discussing football all season long. And I'll be chucking in some free plays for you guys as well in that group chat. So make sure that you get involved. Fantasy.premierleague.com And then hit me up with a DM on Twitter at SGP EPL for all of the other details. You only have until Saturday morning. So to be on the safe side, I would get your teams in by Friday night because Saturday morning for you US guys is 7 a.m. So you have until 7 a.m. on Saturday. In fact, I think there's a one hour cutoff point. So it would be 6.30 a.m. So to be safe, just get your team done by Friday and hit me up with that DM. Once again, fantasy.premierleague.com. So who will be the top scorer? The bookies think Mo Salah. They have him at five to one. Aubameyang's available at 11-2. Harry Kane is available at 6-1. Sergio Aguero is 7-1. Chelsea's new signing, Timo Werner, is at 9-1. Raheem Sterling at 12-1. 14-1 on Sadio Mane. 16-1 on last season's winner, Jamie Vardy. 18-1, Danny Ings. 18-1, Gabriel Jesus. 18-1, Marcus Rashford. 20-1, Martial. 25-1, Jimenez. 28-1, Greenwood. 33-1, Lacazette. 33-1, Bruno Fernandes. 33-1, Firmino. 40-1 on USA's Christian Pulisic, who's going to miss the start of the season. For me, the value here lies with Harry Kane. We've all seen the Tottenham documentary. Well, hopefully you'll go and watch the Tottenham documentary. And you'll see how deflated Mourinho was when they said Harry Kane would be injured for the rest of the season. I think that sort of proves that Harry Kane is the key player at Tottenham. He's going to play every game. He's the captain and they rely on him to score goals. I've always said for a long time, there is a way for Tottenham to play without Harry Kane, which is implementing the press with their three attackers in a false number nine with a false number nine dropping off and Hoon Ming Song being the key man in that three. But they've never really done that. They've always relied on Harry Kane. Over the years, I think his best years were in 2016, 2017 and 2018. But since that 2018 period where he stopped scoring the World Cup, he's had this habit of coming back and slowing the play down. So I've seen that a lot as somebody who's been to Tottenham because I used to get free tickets when, when Tottenham were at Wembley Stadium. My dad has a bar at Wembley and is given free tickets to Wembley events. So I went there and watched Tottenham with my son and I saw Kane holding the ball up almost too much. It's good to hold the ball up and wait for supporting players, but sometimes he would drop too far back. I think Jose Mourinho needs to eliminate that part of his game. We don't need to be Harry Kane to be a number 10. He wears number 10, but he needs to be a number nine and a number nine is more of a poacher 
And I think that will be a key thing for Mourinho to get out of Harry Kane. I don't necessarily like him coming back into his own half to get the ball. I don't like to see him coming back for corners, although I do think that still continue. But we need to see the poacher side of Harry Kane, not just the, 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 the penalty taker and the guy who wants to get involved in the build-up play. We need to see Harry Kane getting more tap-ins. We need to see Harry Kane being in a box to get on the end of crosses. That's the Harry Kane we need. And if we get a Harry Kane, he will end up being the winner in this market. And he looks big at 6-1. to one. Aubameyang, of course, at 11-2. He's supposed to play out wide, but I have a theory that he's going to come into the middle. The thing is, with this new, more conservative approach, Arsenal aren't really going to be in those games that are guaranteed to cash your over 2.5 goals. Liverpool probably will be, but there's going to be a split, I think, between Salah and Mane, which makes it very odd that Salah's at 5-1 to one and Mane's at 14-1. to one. All the value there shifts over to Mane. Timo Werner, it'll be interesting to have a look at whether he occupies a position in the middle. Gabriel Jesus and Aguero are going to battle for the shirt to see who's the striker there. With Jesus at 18-1 to one and Aguero at 7-1. If Aguero wins that battle, there's massive value on him. And um, elsewhere, I don't think there's any value anywhere else. I don't like Sterling, Vardy, Danny Ings. He's going to be up there because he's going to be a key man for Southampton. I think Southampton are going to have a good season. I spoke about how I liked a lot of their players in fantasy. So it'll be interesting to see if Danny Ings can do what he did last season and if he can stay fit. I think that's the main problem with Danny Ings is his fitness. But for me, the lean would be Harry Kane, but we need to see a Harry Kane that we haven't seen for a couple of years and maybe Mourinho will be able to get that out of him because Mourinho's tactics do involve the striker playing an integral part in getting the goals for his teams. We've seen him use... Didier Drogba like that. We've seen him get a ton of goals out of Cristiano Ronaldo. We saw him utilise Diego Costa very well. So Mourinho's strikers are always key and they do score goals because it's all about the counter-attack. It's all about the counter-attack. It's all about soaking up the pressure and hitting teams on the break. And what you don't need is Harry Kane coming back and setting up those breaks. You need Harry Kane breaking his neck to get into the middle for these counter-attacks. And if he's there to get the tap-ins, then that's going to add an extra 10, goal onto Kane, 10 goals onto Kane's tally. And if he's fit, and he's scoring the tap-ins, then, as I said, 6-1 to one looks absolutely mahusive here in this market. Finishing up with the dreaded relegation market, you can see Fulham here are the joint favourites of West Brom. West Brom and Fulham both available at even money. Aston Villa, who escaped, who escaped narrowly by the skin of their teeth last season, are available at 2-1. to one. It's 15-8 to eight on Newcastle. It's 9-4 to four on Crystal Palace, 11-4 to four on Burnley, 7-2 to two on Brighton, 4-1 to one on Leeds, 4-1 to one Sheffield United and 4-1 to one on West Ham. I think West Ham can't be as bad as they were last season and I don't expect them to be down there. I think Sheffield United no way can be as good as they were last season and I do expect them to be in and around this, but I do, it will be so drastic to see this Sheffield United team that was so organised and difficult to beat last season dropping into a relegation race, but I do think that they will be a bottom half team. I don't think Leeds are going to be any danger, but I think the bookers have given them way too much respect being 4-1 to one shots here. Brighton is an interesting one because... At certain times last season, it looked like Brighton were going to struggle to pick up any more points because they were playing a style that was above the players that they have in their team because they want to play a very football-orientated style, but they don't quite have the talent to do that and do that, and they haven't added the names in order to do that now. So if they come into the Premier League again this season with the mentality and philosophy to play football every game, 
And what I mean by that is passing and moving and possession based and a possession based game rather than shutting certain teams down and, and giving Man City, giving Liverpool, giving Manchester United the respect and saying, yes, they're better than us. We're going to make ourselves difficult to beat. Instead, they've tried to play football matches with all these side and sides and been beaten by all of them. So I think it'll be difficult for Brighton if they come in with that strategy. I never think Burnley are going to go down. Sean Dyche always finds a way. Although last year there was a little bit of rift between uh, Dyche and the board. So it'd be interesting to see how they start. Crystal Palace, for me, are a team that are in danger. And I think with Brighton and Palace, that's where the value lies. Crystal Palace haven't added too much. They look very, very, very poor post-lockdown. They have players that don't want to be there. Van Arnholt is one who probably should be at a bigger club and, and Wilfred Zaha has made his feelings clear. He doesn't want to play for Crystal Palace. So Palace and Brighton, I think, could be dragged in. I don't think Villa have done enough to move out. I do like Newcastle signings, and I don't think that they should be down here. It looks like Steve Bruce is going to stay on, and it doesn't look to be a takeover happening. So I am looking again at Brighton or Crystal Palace to get sucked in here. Aston Villa to still be involved. And two of the sides that came up last season, Fulham and West Brom to go down. I think they're rightfully the two market favourites. I think the fact that they're both on evens, if you had a unit on both, you could probably win both bets, but you're probably guaranteed to win one because there isn't any way in my mind that I see both of these two staying up in this market. Closing out the show, and I'm going to give you a couple of futures locks. Just one other bet I'm going to look at here. Uh, we talked at the top of the show about Manchester City, Liverpool, uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, and Chelsea being the top four. If you want to take that and take them in any order, which is a dual forecast. It's different to a straight forecast. A straight forecast is where you need to pick the actual order. A dual forecast is any order. So if you think these four are going to be the top four in any order, you can get that at two to one. And I think that that bet is worth doing, but it isn't going to be the lock on this show. I am going to close this show out for you with three locks. Last year, you got three as well. You ended up getting two from me and one from James George. James George isn't on the show this year. So I'm going to give you three Straight from me. Number one, Everton to finish in the top half of the table, which is available at four to six. I've spoken at length about how it's completely unacceptable for Everton to finish in the bottom half this season, and I don't think that they will. I don't think they're going to challenge for the top six like their board and their supporters want them to, but it's unthinkable to me that this team don't finish in the top half of the table. I'm going to take Chelsea to be the top Southern team. Now, if you cannot find this bet, then bet Chelsea to finish in the top four at one to two minus 200. But I like Chelsea to be the Premier League's top Southern team. And that's available at eight to 13. So hopefully you can find that without doing the top four bet. And the last one is Tottenham Hotspurs to finish in the top six here at four to five. I don't see anybody outside of that catching them. There could be a case made for Leicester because of what they did last season. Wolves are always up there. Everton have signed a lot of players, but I don't think any of these three are ready to break into the top six. And I also think Arsenal will remain there. But the fact that Arsenal are the favourites above Tottenham makes absolutely no sense to me. I think there's far more value on Tottenham here at 4-5, to five minus 25. So that is my third lock. So to reiterate the locks, top six finish for Tottenham at 4-5. to five. Top half finish for Everton at 4-6. to six. And Chelsea to be the top club in the south at 8-13. And if you can't get that, take the minus 200s for Chelsea to finish in the top four because there's no way they're finishing outside the top four with these new signings. And they could be a dark horse for the title. And there's mega value on them here at 12-1. to one. Maybe you take a quarter unit on that, but that is not an official tracked play. 
That concludes your EPL season preview for this season. You've got three futures there. They will be official picks and they will count. The EPL show will be back. We'll be looking at match day one. We'll be doing that on Thursday. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that show. Make sure that you join our Fantasy Premier League League, the SGP Mini League, all of the details on the previous podcast that I posted. Or hit me up at SGP EPL to enter and I will give you the league code and I'll give you the PayPal to pay the money to and add you to the WhatsApp group. Otherwise, all roads, as always, lead to LockBetting.com. There is no better time to sign up to LockBetting.com. We are doing the NBA. We're killing it in the NBA. MLB, there's UFC cards coming up. The soccer resumes. The NFL resumes as well. If you want my NFL preview, it'll be over on my wrestling podcast, The Dirty Sheets. So my NFL preview will be available for free over at The Dirty Sheets. Make sure that you check that out as well. That's it from me and this EPL preview. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And... Thanks for listening, guys.